And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Let me ask you a question. How many know that we are all a work in progress? Right? Is there anybody here that feels like they've made it, they've achieved, they've arrived? We are all a work in progress. And I think that's why Paul tells us in Galatians 5 and verse 22 and 23, which we've been looking at in the series, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And in this word in my notes, produces, you can circle that. I've got that highlighted in my notes. Notice that that's not a past tense statement. Like it's not saying, Paul's not saying that the Holy Spirit produced in our lives these kind of fruit. Like he's not saying that when we, uh, whenever that moment was in our life, when we raised our hand or accepted Christ into our heart, um, that he's not saying that at that very moment, the Holy Spirit produced all of these things in our life. It's this, this kind of current, this thing that's happening every single day in our life that the Holy Spirit is producing these fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, which we're going to talk about today, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think it's important for us to understand that there's not some expectation from God on our lives that we're perfect in any of these areas. I believe the expectation of God and the Holy Spirit is that we yield ourselves to the process. It's less about being perfect and it's more about being open and available and yielding and allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do in our lives. And, you know, I can tell you this from just a personal kind of as I reflect on my own life that, that my best guess is, is that the Holy Spirit is absolutely exhausted from working on me in this area of patience, right? I mean, I, I, I remember years ago, uh, I had asked our daughter, uh, Jordan, she was about 10 years old, and, and, and I asked her if she could ever think of a time when, when daddy was impatient, and I thought that maybe she would remember this kind of moment, you know, back when she was uh, maybe five or six or something like that. And, and I didn't quite get the response that I was thinking that I would get. She looks at me and she says, you mean today? <laughs> and thinking that she was confused and that I needed to kind of explain it a little bit more, I said, no, do you remember a time when daddy was impatient? And she said, you mean every day? You know, it makes me think of the time um, that uh, I was in my car and was headed to work. And, and I don't know what your kind of normal routine is, but uh, for me, I like to get in the car. I like to blare, you know, worship music. And I like to take that time and just kind of spend time with the Lord and pray and sing. And uh, being somebody that can't sing myself that's a good environment for me to be in because nobody can hear me outside of the car. 
And so I remember this morning I was headed to work and, and I got the worship music playing. And I mean, it was just one of those moments. Like if you do this, you've had some of these moments before where it was just the presence of God was so thick in the car. The music was just blaring. I had, I had tears kind of going down the side of my cheeks and I was just having this, this moment with God. And, and then I pull up to the stoplight. And I'm in the left-hand turn lane, and I'm still just full out, just, just loving God and worshiping. I got this car in front of me, and, and then the green light, the green left arrow comes on, and the guy in front of me doesn't go anywhere. And so I, I'm kind of I'm um, using some patience in this moment, and I'm assuming that it, here in just a few seconds, the guy's going to see the green light and to go. And so I'm kind of in this moment, I'm praying, but I'm observing what's happening. And then all of a sudden, the left turn signal turns yellow, and he still doesn't go anywhere. And in this like this moment of feeling the power and the anointing of God, I go, go! <laughs> and you know what he does? It's almost like he responds like he heard me because right before it turned red, he takes off through the intersection and I got to sit there for another five minutes while uh, waiting on the green light to come. And there was something about this moment that was so embarrassing to me, right? Like I'm glad that nobody else saw it. I got tinted windows and so it was just me and God, but I was so embarrassed with my behavior in the moment that I just started laughing at myself. Like I just started laughing at how I could go from this like powerful moment with God to, to this really impatient moment of screaming because somebody didn't go through the light. You know, my guess is, is that there's a few of you by the giggles that can relate to something like that. I think we all, all of us from time to time, we, we struggle with with this idea of, of patience in our life. For some of us, it's a daily occurrence. For some of us, it's something that just kind of pokes its head up every once in a while. And, and I think back in my teenage years, I remember talking to my uh, grandmother. We called her Mama C. And um, I was a teenager, and I remember talking to her, and, and um, she, she said this statement to me. She said, Ryan, don't ever pray and ask God to help you with patience. She said, because the way that he do, does it is never the way that we want to grow and to learn in patience. And this is my grandma who was in her upper 80s and still having to work full time because of all of her speeding tickets. Um, <laughs> I'll share some of those stories in a future sermon. But, um, but I want us to take a look at Galatians 5 today. And I want us to talk a little bit about, about patience and about you know, how we can allow the Holy Spirit, despite our personality, how we can allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to kind of work on us in this area. You see, in Galatians 5, we see the Apostle Paul, and he's addressing the Christians in Galatia. And he's addressing one of the primary areas is about this characteristic of, of patience that the Holy Spirit wants to, to produce in their lives that he wants to produce in our lives. And I think it's important for us to understand context to, to where these verses are coming from. In this church in Galatia, it had some, some serious problems going on in the church. And 
One of these problems was the level of fighting and hatred and discord that really did stem out of this lack of patience in their life. And so the Apostle Paul begins to, to recognize this, begins to recognize that, that all these church people aren't getting along very well. And so he realizes he's got to step in and he's got to address it and he's got to say something. And so what Paul begins to do is he begins to tell them that, that listen guys, you've got a choice. And the choice is pretty clear. Either you're going to live a life that's led by the Holy Spirit, which a byproduct of that is you get to experience God's absolute best in your life, or you're going to choose to roll around in the mud of your flesh and sinful behaviors and miss out on all that God has for you. And so we see Paul beginning to unpack this in verse 15. And look what he says. He says, and, and, and remember... He's talking to church people here, right? Church folks that Paul's talking to here. He says, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I think right here, what's interesting to notice is that in this last phrase, that as we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our lives, he doesn't say that we're not tempted. What he says is, is that we won't respond and do the things that we're tempted with when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our lives. And I look at this verse 15, it's kind of talking about biting and devouring one another and I think if we kind of look at, at the world that we're living in, the culture and the climate, right, the divisive climate of our culture right now, I think that this is a challenge for all of us, that I think that Paul is not just addressing the behavior um, that's happening back in Galatia, but I think that, that he's also addressing our behavior and how we act and how we live our lives and and I'm going to talk just, I'm going to take a kind of a pastoral moment here in a few minutes, but I think it's important for us to take a step back in this, this highly politicized culture and to realize that his kingdom comes first and that if we're not careful, what will happen in our lives is that we will allow the politics to begin to infiltrate the church and we're going to begin to see division and separation because somebody has a different ideology than we do. And what we've got to do is we've got to recognize, we've got to back away from that for just a few moments to quit devouring brothers and sisters in Christ on social media, right? And calling them out because things are happening the way that, that we don't want to happen. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on, that there is an appropriate way that's guided by the Holy Spirit that you and I can respond in this kind of climate that we're in. And in verse 17, in verse 17, look what, look what Paul says. He says that the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. 
And we talked about this a few weeks ago, that these, it says here, these two forces, that they're constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. The truth is, is all of us have felt that, that fighting. We felt those, those two forces in our lives. Like think about some of the things that you've been tempted with. Think about some of the, the emotions and the responses that, that you've wanted to have when things haven't happened your way. And, and, and I say our way. I mean, I'm, I, I'm in it with you. Like, like every day I feel the, the war, the battle between the spirit and the battle between the flesh. And in every kind of situation, a decision that I make, a response, or when I get hurt or get offended, these, these two forces are fighting against each other. The flesh has wanted me to respond in a flesh kind of way, and, and the spirit has wanted me to, to be led in a spirit kind of way. And so, so we have this kind of battle that's happening between us. And, and the way that I kind of like to look at that is it's a battle between what we want for our lives with what God wants for our lives. And it's a wrestle. And Paul goes on to, to unpack what the sinful nature behavior looks like when, when we aren't being led by the Spirit. He says in verse 19, he says that when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, that the results are clear. Paul says there's no ambiguity here. Like the results are clear. He says sexual immorality impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Sounds a lot like the culture we live in today. He says, let me tell you again. So Paul's like, guys, let me tell you. It kind of... <laughs> Reminds me if you're a parent in here, it reminds me of being a parent, right, to the kids. Like, let me tell you again, clean your room. Like Paul's like, let me tell you again that I have, as I have before, that anyone, look at this statement, because this is, this is a strong statement. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a strong statement. And listen, I, I want to I tell you today, don't ever misunderstand grace. You see, grace is a catalyst for God's purpose in our life. It's not an excuse for us to sin and to live the way that we want to live. And I think what we see in today's day and age, we see sin increasing and we see this, this um belief in grace that allows us to do whatever we want because we're under the blood of Jesus. And the reality is, Paul's saying it right here, like if we've got all of the sin that's happening in our life, and he's not talking about like, like this one time I'm tempted and I fall and I make a mistake. He's talking about this sin that's a lifestyle in our life that Paul comes right out and says it, that, that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he goes on, he says in verse 22, he says, but like in contrast to these things, in contrast to living life this kind of way that, that the Holy Spirit is wanting to produce this kind of fruit in your life. And one of those fruit is patience. You know, have you ever heard of, of the phrase like, like Joe has a short fuse or 
Karen's got a short fuse or, or <laughs> have you ever heard like, like, have you ever labeled somebody, told somebody that they've got, that they got a short fuse? You see, having a short fuse is somebody that, you know, they get frustrated easy. They get, they get angry pretty quickly. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot for them to, to explode on you. And if you've ever been around those kind of, of people, um, it's kind of like walking on eggshells, right? Like you never really know what you're going to get when you have this interaction with them. And, and this word patience that we see here in the scripture, in the original language, it actually means the opposite of having a short fuse. It's, it's the idea of having a long fuse, like, like I'm going to light the fuse over there and the fuse goes all the way over here to the other side of the building. That that, that word patience in the Bible, that the word that, that it uses as a definition is long suffering. I like to kind of say it like this, long suffering. Long, it's, a, it's a long fuse. In other words, it's, it's suffering without any kind of reaction over a long period of time. You know, you don't, you don't have to deal with patience if there's no adversity, right? Like patience is something that has to rise up within us that has to happen within seasons of adversity that's in our life. And I think what Paul is getting at to these Christians in Galatia that all this impatience that's there and, and, and they're acting out with fighting and quarreling and, and, and all of these kind of things in their life, I think what Paul is trying to, to get at to them is that, that, just because, <laughs> that just because somebody lights your fuse doesn't give you the right to explode. Like just because tomorrow... Uh, when you go to work or this afternoon when you're laying into bed and you're scrolling through social media, right? And somebody that has a different political opinion from you um, makes a comment on there and lights your fuse, it doesn't give you the right or permission to explode. Like, as a pastor... Um, this season um, has really been a challenge as we've watched um, myself and my own desires of what I've wanted to post on social media. Um, you have no idea how many times I've like, oh yeah, yeah. And then, and then the Holy Spirit's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And then I'm like, delete, 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 delete. Like there's been so many times, like I get it, like I, I get it, trust me, I get it. But as a pastor, like watching, watching church people like, like attack one another on social media and to go after one another and to watch the enemy just kind of sliver his way into the body of Christ and, 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 and bringing the separation has been something that has been... I know heavy on my heart, and I'm sure heavy on the hearts of pastors all over the country. Paul's trying to get at it here that, that just because somebody frustrates you, just because they light your fuse, doesn't give you the right to explode. He says this in verse 24, and this is, I think this is the hardest part of all of this. He says that those who belong to Christ, like, think about that today. Like, do you belong 
to Christ? And if the answer is yes, look what he says. That those who belong to Christ, they have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. In other words, Paul's saying that if you belong to Christ, that this life is not about you. It's not about us. It's not about our wants. It's not about what we think is, is best. It's about His kingdom and what He wants to do in this place. And so when people frustrate us, when we start to feel that impatience that's kind of stirring inside of us, that it doesn't give us the right to fire back or to get even, that Paul's saying that we take those passions and we take those desires, those sinful passions, sinful desires, and we nail them to the cross. He says in verse 25, and this kind of echoes the Ephesians uh, 5 verse that we've talked about, um, about imitating God in every area of our life, that Paul says it here in 25, he says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading, not just in a couple parts, right? Like he doesn't put a break in there and say, well, it kind of depends on who you prefer as president or in the Senate, the House, um, all those areas are fine, but all the other parts, like, like we've got to, to follow the Spirit's leading, He's like in every part of our lives. In every part. And I think that, I think if we're not careful, if we're not careful as a body of Christ, people that love Jesus and are thankful for all that He's done in our lives, that, that, we will lose our platform of sharing God's love because we're so interested in making a point. Our job, we're not ambassadors of God to make a point. We're ambassadors of God to show His love and display His love through our lives. And so one kind of handle for, I think, all of us is that that when we're watching the news and we're, we're on social media and things begin to stir, like, like Paul's not saying that it doesn't stir, like, like all of us get stirred, right? We all, we all feel it like, like we just want to jump out of our skin and respond, right? We all feel it. But we all, if we are followers of Christ, if we have received His forgiveness for our lives, then we've got to understand that in those moments, we've, we've got two forces that are fighting each other. And so is my response, is it led by the Spirit? Or is my response led by the flesh? If it's led by the Spirit, it is going to be covered in what four-letter word that begins with L and ends with E? Love. Right? It's going to be covered with love. And so Paul's telling these Christians, and he's telling us that, and I, I know this isn't fun to hear, but it's, it's Bible, right? He's telling us that we don't have the right to act out towards others just because we're being mistreated, just because people are saying things about us that 
that aren't true just because things don't go our way. I get it. It's not easy. I get it. Paul is telling us that we don't have that right, that instead we are supposed to be nailing our passions and desires, our urges to retaliate, our urge to fight back, our urge to get even or to make a point. We're supposed to nail those passions and desires to the cross and to crucify Him there. So how do we do it? How do we live that kind of life? How do we have patience even when someone keeps pushing the buttons? I want to give you two quick things, two quick principles to help us with this. First one, super practical. We've got to give others a break. We got to give others a break. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 4, verse 2. He says, Always be humble and gentle, which is quite the opposite, right, of being impatient. He says, Be patient with each other. Look at this making allowances for each other's faults, but not because they deserve it, right? He says here, Because of our love. Like, We make allowances for their faults because of our love. And this word love is agape. If you've been around the church, um, you understand that that is the love that that God and Jesus displayed towards us when Jesus hung on the cross um, uh, for our sins. Like He was sinless in and of Himself, but He gave up His life. He made allowances for you and I and for our shortfall. And He did that because of His love. And Paul's saying that we have to have that same kind of agape love within us. That agape love, it's a sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. It's not a love that wants to get even. It's a love that wants God's best for another person. And so we make allowances because of that love. And he says this, um, how often do we do it? He says we got to make, in verse 3, make every effort. Every effort. Like, we got to go above and beyond to have that kind of love within us that we make allowances for each other's faults. And he says to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And this is something that I think from a pastoral side that we all got to get in this season, this statement of verse 4. For there is one body and one spirit. One body and one spirit. There's not, there's not a Christianity for Democrats and a Christianity for Republicans and a Christianity for independents. There is one body and one spirit. And we have to, right? We have to take a step back from all of that. We got to see the big picture, the kingdom of God picture, like like, I want you to hear my heart. I want us to be a uh, multi-generational church. I think a reflection of heaven is not that a church is full of young people or that a church is full of, of wiser people. Do you like how I put that? Um, <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> right? A reflection of heaven is multi-generational. A reflection of heaven is multicultural. Like, we're not going to be a church that's just full of white people. We're not going to be a church that's full of just one other uh, color and nationality. We're going to be a church that's made up multicultural church. 
But we're also not going to be just the church for Republicans or just the church for Democrats or just the church for independents. And I don't know how you would call that multi-political, whatever, I don't know, church. But our desire is that this congregation, that Evangel Church is known as a church that looks more like heaven. That people have different opinions, right? They may see things differently. There's a statement that you're going to hear. I'm going way long, but we're going to go with it. Um, There's a statement that you will hear me say from time to time that we don't have to see eye to eye to walk hand in hand, right? Don't, we cannot allow in this day and age for the enemy to come in and to create division within the body of Christ based off of political uh, differences and opinions and all these things that we got to take a step back and we got to recognize as Paul's saying here in verse four, that we are one body, that we are one spirit. And Paul says again here in Colossians 3.13, he says, he tells us again to make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. I don't like that word now, but he says, forgive anyone who offends you. Like not just the ones that you feel like deserve it, but like even the ones that we feel like don't deserve it. Paul says anyone that offends us and why do we live this way? He says, because the Lord forgave you and so you must forgive others. Listen, I, I learned a long time ago that I'm not perfect when it comes to, to patience, but I am way better than I used to be, and here's the reason why I'm way better. Because I started to recognize that I have faults too. I know that surprises my family and some of you too. Um, If we can take that out of the video part about the faults. but, um, But I've recognized in my life that I have faults too, and I started realizing that I need allowances from others just as much as they need allowances from me. And that's a big thing that we've got to catch, that when we are always impatient and we explode easy, usually one of the reasons why is because we always look at other people's deficiencies, right, and them falling through, but we never recognize that we got them in our own lives. And so we need to give each other a break. We need to extend some forgiveness. We need to make allowances for others' faults because, well, we've got plenty of them. And then number two, I want to close with this, that we've got to remember God's patience towards us. That if we're going to have patience in our lives, if we're going to fight the urge of those two forces, the, the flesh and the spirit wrestling within Um, against one another, that we've got to remember God's patience towards us. And we see God's patience for us on full display in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. It says that the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise. And I think sometimes we feel that way, don't we? Like sometimes we feel like we keep praying and we keep asking God to to intervene in an area of our life and it just feels like He takes forever. It's like, God, are you even there? Are you even even kind of listening to me in this moment? And and when you look at Scripture, that even back when 
when after Jesus had left and the disciples were walking and there was this expectation of God returning. They were looking to the day that, that Jesus would come back and that we would be taken away and that we would experience the rest of eternity in heaven. And even in that, he's saying here that the, the Lord's not slow to that. Like just because we've been talking about that from generation to generation doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. What it means is that what we see in verse 9, that He is being patient for our sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. You know, Andrew and I learned a while back that sometimes God's no's are just as gracious as His yeses. But oftentimes when we pray, we're looking for yeses, God doing what it is that we're asking Him to do. But we've discovered along the way that there's been many times that we are so thankful that He never answered our prayer. That His no was a way of Him protecting us because He saw something in our world and in our life that we couldn't see within ourselves, And So it's not that the Holy Spirit is being slow. It's that He loves you so much. And He loves the people in this world so much that don't know Him. He's like, hold, hold on. He's like, hold on, one more, one more. Can one more turn their life over to me? Can, can one more Christ follower live a Spirit-filled and led, guided life so that they could be a witness to somebody else like 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 hold your horses heaven all of heaven hold your horses like like I just want to give them just a little longer so friend the delay the delay to your prayers isn't because Jesus doesn't love you the delay is out of love a depth of love wanting the very best for you and I I think the reality is is that we've all fallen short in our journey. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we regret. We've all made promises to God that we haven't kept, right? Scripture even says that our good deeds, that our righteousness is as filthy rags to God, but yet He has been patient with us And God continues to be patient with us. The Holy Spirit is wanting us to, to yield our lives so that He can produce this kind of patience within our lives. That the same patience that God has had towards us and I'm at the front of the line saying that I, I've needed a lot of that in my life. The Holy Spirit is wanting to produce that kind of patience within us towards others. Listen, you can't miss this last verse. Don't check out. I know we're going a little long. Don't check out. Look at this. 1 Timothy 1, 16. But God had mercy on me. Why did He have mercy on me? 
so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. And then, because of that, others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Friend, God wants to use every single one of us. But if you're at home and you're watching online, no matter where you are, no matter no matter what the last mistake was, the last sin, no matter what your evening looked like, that God wants to use you and I as a prime example of his grace and his mercy so that other people can come to know Christ as Savior. Friend, our decision of whether or not to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to guide us and to produce these things in our life aren't just about us. God wants to work through us that he could make a difference in other people's lives. As I look back and reflect over my 44 years, one of the things that I cherish the most is knowing this, that God has used my life to be a part of somebody else's story. And let us never, let us never live our lives about us. To look at patience as being about us, but let us recognize that we are Christ's ambassadors. Scripture says he is making his appeal through us. Let us be a church that is known because we've decided to allow our lives to be guided by the Holy Spirit, that we've allowed our personal story, no matter what we think disqualifies us from it, that God wants to use our story as a prime example to bring hope, grace, and salvation to those that desperately need Him. Would you bow your head with me? this morning. Father, we, we truly love you. And God, we thank you for your patience in our lives. Father, your word says that we're all sinners, that we've all fallen short. But no matter what we portray of ourselves on the outside, that we all make mistakes. That we're all on a journey in our lives to, to hopefully become more like you. So, Father, I pray that today, that just as freely as we receive your patience towards us in our life, Father, we'll have a pause button in our own. But Lord, before we explode, before we respond in the flesh, Lord, we'll have that pause button built in. And we'll take a step back. And we'll evaluate our responses and we'll choose to live a life that's guided by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. First, the scripture that's been on my heart all week and 
it comes out of Ephesians chapter 3 and it says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church of Jesus Christ to all generations to him be the glory right now where you're sitting and where you're at maybe maybe your fuse has been really short that you have found yourself having to apologize to your kids and found, finding yourself apologizing to your spouse to your co-workers allow the Holy Spirit right now the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit you know, when he convicts us, it doesn't, he doesn't beat us over the head. He doesn't do it to push us down. He does it to pull us up, to pull us up out of that sin that so easily entangles us right now where you're at. If that's you today, just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you that that views will get longer and that to him will be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. I don't know about you, but I have loved this sermon series. I've got saved when I was five years old, and it is, it is going back to the basics for me. Remembering why I love the Lord so much is because he first loved me. This morning, if, if you're here with us today, like we said for the first time, we want to thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thank you for joining us online. Don't forget that this week it was staff appreciation. And so we just want to encourage you to bless our staff and thank them for everything that they've done throughout this year and all the changes that have had to be made. And we just were so very blessed here at Evangel. But we also want to thank you for your faithful giving. We want to thank you so much. You know, in the, these moments where times get hard and times get tight, sometimes we want to back away from the obedience of God's word. And Ryan and I, I've been doing 30 days of gratitude this month. And Ryan and I were sitting out on the back porch talking this week. And I said, remember when we had $27.63 in our account? He was like, yes. <laughs> we had been married for a couple years and we had $27.63 left in our account. And I remember sitting in the service and I remember the Lord saying to write a check for everything that was left in our account. We'd been married two years, didn't have kids. And first I was about to argue with them because it was my last $27.63. But then I realized that I really wasn't going to pay any bill. So might as well just be obedient. Now, I'm not asking you to write what is left in your account. I'm saying this, obedience to the Lord in a lot and in a little. He is faithful to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. I want to encourage you to continue to give. I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness in your giving. And I want to ask you, please, pray. Pray for our nation. 
Pray for our community. Pray for our church that in these last days that we will be a light and an example and an ambassador for Jesus Christ to all of those around us. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have the opportunity to be a part of someone else's story. And so this week, open up doors. Lord, we may own businesses that people will walk through our door this week that don't know you. Give us an opportunity to share who you are. Lord, there might be a member of our family that we're getting ready to see again at Thanksgiving. Give us an opportunity to share who you are. And Lord, I ask that we will be led by your spirit this week, that we will nail our fleshly desires to the cross and be spirit led this week into your kingdom and for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here this week. We love you so much. If you're here for your for the first time, our guest tent is outside. We would love to get to know you. Have an amazed, blessed week. We'll see you next Sunday. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.